Escape from Plan A. Hello, listeners. This is another episode of Escape from Plan A. I'm your host, Diana, and today I'm joined by Jess. Hey. Teen. Yeah, what's up? And Philip. Y'all doing? <laughs> We're doing great, Phil. How are you doing? Not too bad. I, think, I don't think I've potted with uh, this group of four ever or in a while. So it's been yeah, a bit Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Yeah, I, yeah I don't remember actually ever potting with you, but it's really great to hear your voice. Thank you. We have potted together, though, actually in the past, but not recently. Oh, shit. I just, I just don't. I'm oh, good. I'm sorry. You're giving the listener too much of a peek behind the curtain and, and trying to back the idea that uh, we all don't really know each other or something. Uh, yeah. Wednesday. It's a Wednesday night, folks. It's a little, we've been doing a lot of pods and we're trying to keep the enthusiasm levels up and we've got a... Diana, what's the topic? <laughs> Coronavirus. Woo! Outbreak. Hell uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. yeah. So, I mean, I feel like um I I feel like uh Philip and Jess, you're kind of more affected. Right, because, maybe, that's, maybe that's why the two of us aren't cheering because we're actually in cities that have victims or, or folks yeah. who are infected by, by this virus. And yeah. we've, we've seen shit, you know, either personally or heard shit from friends and families. So it's, uh, it's yeah. getting serious for sure. Yeah. So uh, just a reminder, Jess is in Los Angeles and Philip is in Toronto. And um, do, do you guys want to just like talk a little bit about like what's been going on in and how this has affected your lives? Maybe start with you, Philip. Uh, sure. Yeah. So um, I, I wake up every day and I listen to um, CBC radio, uh, which is like kind of the, the public broadcaster in the country, uh, basically every morning without fail. And, you know, China, China is like always in the news these days, right? Like, you know, we, we have this whole Huawei thing um, with the uh, uh, executive uh, being kind of detained here in, in Canada. Um, and, you know, a couple of folks from, from Canada who have been detained in China uh, in retaliation. That's been going on for some time. You know, we've got the Hong Kong protests, which has been taking up the airwaves. Um, but now we have this thing, which is completely inescapable in, in Canadian news. And I'm sure, you know, American news and worldwide news for the most part. But um, here for sure, there's, there's lots of talk of it just because, you know, we've had a, um, three cases now, uh, two in Toronto and one in Vancouver just confirmed, I think, yesterday uh, or today. Um, so it's, it's just everywhere. And, you know, even just at the office and stuff, you hear people talking about it, you know, Asians, not Asians, whatever. Um, it's, it's just like, I don't know about you guys in the States, maybe you have more interesting things going on, but like, it's completely inescapable here in, in conversation. That's crazy, man. I didn't know it was like that. Yeah. It's not yeah. I think, yeah. have, like, you know, since, since, since it, we got confirmation of a couple of folks here in Toronto, um, uh, I think in the, Mar uh, either Scarborough or Markham area, right? Like kind of close to the, the, the Chinese enclave in Toronto, um, seeing cases it's, it's just gotten amped up. Right. It was like immediately after 
those uh, cases were announced that we started seeing the inflection point of racism cropping up everywhere, right? Like, you know, in, in um, the reporting and just like, you know, Toronto online Twitter, uh, Canadian Twitter, uh, and uh, in real life too, right? So I've, I've had a couple of stories of, of friends, I can share one of them, um, who've like had shit happen to them because they're Asian and because this thing is here now in Toronto, right? Discrimination and, and all sorts of bad stuff. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so um, yesterday this, this I, I heard um, uh, through a basically a friend of a friend, um, his sister, uh, who works at a hotel, I think in downtown or, or, or midtown Toronto. Um, she uh, had a slight cough. Maybe she has a cold or something. I don't know exactly what it was. It's certainly not the virus because she's, you know, has not been anywhere in contact with the, uh, the folks who are affected. Um, she was, uh, she showed to work and then her, her manager who noticed she had the cough, um, decided to, uh, call the, an ambulance on her, right. To get her sent to the hospital. Um, are you serious? Yep. That's crazy. Without telling Uh, her? I I don't know if she was told or not, but you know, she eventually found out it gets a little bit crazier. So she, they called an ambulance. They asked her to wear a mask while she was at work and she kind of just kind of went along with it. You know, I think she, uh, but she's Filipino, by the way. Um, so I think she kind of understood what was, what was going on there. The ambulance showed up um, and she actually like was, you know, asked by the, the medics, like what's going on. And she said, you know, I just have a cough. I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to decline this trip to the hospital. Um, you know, they, they took that, you know, lack of consent as uh, a note to just leave and they left. And what's crazy is that immediately after they left and the manager caught wind that she had declined the hospital, uh, the ambulance ride, that manager called an ambulance again and basically got, got them to show up again and had her, you know, uh, take the ambulance. I think she just conceded and just took the ambulance to the, to the local hospital. That's fucking um, humiliating. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it, it keeps going. So she, you know, she gets there, she's triaged there. Um, uh, she is asked at triage to pay for the ambulance because it was oh like a non-emergency. God. Um, and I, I was mentioning to folks in the discord, like it's not, it's not as crazy as in America. It's like 65 bucks or something like that to cover oh, the fee. That's good. Well, her um, fucking so no, but she's, but here, yeah, well, okay. Well, she's paying out of pocket for this, right? Like work, work is not involved at this point. And well, they is she losing, the fucking ambulance. Well, yeah, yeah, is yeah, she sorry, losing sorry. compensation for this? I, I oh, don't is she going to be paid I, for the day? I don't know if she's being paid for, to cover her fees. I don't know if she's being paid for the like hours of work that she that she was missing because of this, you know, this whole conundrum. Um, but uh, this, you know, this thing happened, and so she was sent around to a bunch of different rooms, different nurses, because um, you know they they really weren't sure what to do with her. And in the end, she was looked at, and they were just like, "Okay, well, take an Advil." And like have a nap in this room in the hospital, um, and then when you know when you get up, you can like go go home or go back to work or whatever. And so she she did that. She had a nap and missed some work, and then she like left. Um, and I, I didn't really hear about what happened after that. I, I think she maybe just went home for the day. I'm not sure if she went back to work. But like when I was told the story, I was just like floored, right? Because it's. It's, it's I'm hearing pretty, this for the first time and it's flooring me. This is fucking insane. It sounds like parody, right? It sounds like complete parody, right? The level of hysteria that we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, because yeah. she's Asian. Like, like, that's why they fucking did it. She's Asian. For sure, that's 100%, it. right? Like, if it was a white woman, it just, just basically wouldn't happen. So, um, 
Yeah, very, yeah, very... Um, uh, like a white woman could have been in Wuhan, like at a hospital where somebody was sick and they wouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's insane. So, I mean, I haven't personally... Um, I've been kind of out of public public spaces recently just because I've been biking to work because um, the weather's gotten a bit better here. Um, so, I haven't really been like on, on crowded streetcars or anything like that. I actually took the streetcar just today for the first time in a, in a little bit. Um, haven't had any personal, you know, weird looks or anything like that. But just hearing this story and a couple others in Toronto um, is really starting to boil my blood a little bit. So it, it makes me feel that there are people who are like when they have a credible like I think that the, the manager can probably defend that decision in some way that most people will agree with. And by most people, I mean like most white people and some weak, weak-willed Asian people uh, yeah. will be like, "Look, I mean, it's an abundance of caution, and you know, blah blah blah. Hey, Filipinos kind of look Asian. Philippine, the Philippines are near China, you know, uh, <laughs> like, like you know, some shit, right? Like enough to get like enough white people to be like, well, they have a point. And I feel like that there are times when like racist people, when they have a remotely credible reason to be racist will just take mm-hmm. the opportunity. Yeah, I think you that's know, what they're saying I, now. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know if they like approach that the race part of the, the questioning, right? If they are questioned, right? Like they're probably just going to be like, well, you know, I would send anybody who was, you know, had a cough. Well, well that's the thing. It's like, they know they have cover. They know they have cover now. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the scary it's a thing about this. conscious decision. Yes. Is that I do. they're I, saying yes. they're saying to themselves yes. like uh I I don't like Asians and I'm going to fuck with this bitch because I, she's Asian. I I think that the I, I I am going to speculate that it is a mix of both at the same time. That it is that it that, that, that the racist part is a little bit less intentional and conscious but it's there. Yeah, and so it's like it, more like implicit bias. I, I think what it's, I think what it is, is, I think what happens is like there probably is a part of them that it's like, whoa, are you sure you want to do this? It's racist, and then part the other part is like, yeah, but we need to. Yeah, I think they're aware that it's racist. They're aware they shouldn't do it because it's racist, and then because of the cover, they're like, but I'm going to do it. And I yeah. think that's that's the feeling. Uh, and, yeah, and I, think I agree. The, the, the I mean, it does c- play into like it, like what is it, implicit bias? If you have those opinions to begin with, right, that Asians are a certain way, um, then that's just going to flare up right away. Like your sense of disgust was already triggered to be hypersensitive to violations of that rule you just set out. Right. So I think it's it's just a feedback loop. Yeah, but I mean, that's the problem with implicit bias, right? Because it's always going to be that way. You know, like the person, like the police officer who shoots the black person, you know, they Mm -hmm. can argue like I was legitimately terrified, but it's like you're terrified because of implicit bias. So how do you, you know, like you can't separate the two and be like, oh, I was legitimately scared and therefore it's okay. No, it's still mostly implicit fucking bias. If you were to like strap a strap a like lie detector to that officer and you ask them the question, then it, they would probably you know it would probably read uh, negative. I guess like it, would, it wouldn't be yeah, a lie. Like they would, I mean, they would they but... believe themselves. Yeah, yeah believe that's themselves, the problem. Yeah. That's the problem, and I think that's what um, we kind of we we kind of need to like bring to light. You know, 
I guess in this well, I think it's a, situation, you handle it by making that plausible cover as implausible as you can, right? Because we we kind of know the assumptions going. If you just make that assumption and harder to make, uh, that's that to me is just the only thing that keeps that keeps the needle moving. Well, on. that requires us Asian people to litigate this stuff. And Jess put out a tweet that got at, it's almost at sixteen thousand likes. Uh, on unheard Twitter. of. I get like five likes from the same like three people. Is this Planet's viral? Is this Planet's first viral tweet? That's that, that is social. That's socially so. positive. Yes. Can we can we just get? Can <laughs> yes. we have a, like an applause break that's for that? That's socially constructive. Can we like put in? It's an yeah. award. Yeah. It's an award. It's a. It's yeah. we're gonna award our first annual Viri. <laughs> for the best viral uh, tweet about viruses. So uh, yeah. apropos, right. may it be yeah, a yeah, slimly like, populated category. Just where's the viri? Yeah, call, yeah, like 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 talk about the viral tweet and also the fucking crazy shit you had to deal with at a fucking Lowe's. oh yeah the the hardware store oh my god yeah so um so the story there is you know I'm like um I'm going around like I'm actually trying to find these face masks um and so I mean and it was it was actually kind of surreal I'd never like I I think I went to like five stores all in the same like handful of hours they are completely out. Um, like the websites had shown that they were in stock, but I mean, I guess th- there was a big lag cause they were out and they said, uh, there was, a, there had been a run on them in the past couple of days. Uh, and then, uh, one of the places I went to, um, it's a big box hardware store, um, slightly outside, uh, my city, um, but still Los Angeles. Um, and you know so i asked about the masks and like they they're completely out okay like even the respirator type masks the really expensive ones those are all gone too um so clearly people people are worried um uh but then afterwards uh, i just i decided to take a quick spin around uh, and i was walking my dog uh i like that store uh because you can just shop with your dog um and then I, so it's a big box there's plenty of room but any, at any rate i was turning the corner in one of the big aisles uh, and then i come fa- like face to face with uh two women kind of uh you know corner collision right um so you know i get pretty close and you know they just start they kind of just lose it um right off uh, right off the bat um and so, you know like get away from me uh you're like you're this you're gross um uh, and then they said they were that? saying that, yeah, she's yeah, a they, was like, like, or how old was were like, they? F- uh, middle aged, middle aged, like forties, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. In fucking yeah. L.A. and Toronto, LA. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like um, middle aged women have just no fucking. Sh- they don't give a shit, you know. They're the worst. Yeah, like yeah. all the all the women who like fuck with me, like they are middle aged women, especially mm-hmm. the ones with kids. They're just like I don't give a fuck anymore. Just like they, they yeah. don't care. The, the only people I've ever had to really call out for like public racism is middle aged white women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the twist is uh, these ladies. I like on second thought, like they might act, they might be white, like a tan. They were like they read white, but like they were spicy big. white, like oh, yeah, like gay white. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Pete Buttigieg white, no. Pete Buttigieg's uh, no, dad. Yeah, no, the the Chipotle kind of white. Uh, 
so um so kind of ambiguous um okay ariana grande's mom's hassled you at a lowe's basically, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah um and you know thankfully thankfully like okay look like they were trying like they flagged the nearest employee um and they're just like like you need to throw her out you need to throw her out uh, what? and he's like i what? am not t-. yeah and he's what? like i am not what like, the like, fuck are you serious manager holy over. shit uh, but like I nearly, you know, we 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 turn the corner, we almost we almost collide. They, you know, they jump away and like start going in on, you know. As soon as I got that sense, like oh, I see what this is about, um, I just started yelling at them in Korean. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't give a goddamn fuck. There's no way those they would know much Chinese. You want to go? We're gonna fucking go. Wait, so, so so this wait, let me get. So this entire thing was prompted simply because you're Asian. And you're in a Lowe's. And then <laughs> I turned, yeah, and that's then the, we almost the like ran into each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that we almost ran into each other, like turning the corner. Wow. You know, what's normally like, oh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, and and like you go on with your go on with your life. Um, that's when these ladies decided to like, no, uh, we're, we're I'm I'm going to try to fuck up your day. Uh, yo, people situation. fucking hate Asians, yo. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's some just straight up. I just don't fucking like Asians. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. you know, in that way, I'm kind of glad it like this is flaring up because um, it's kind of like one of those things that just like blows the lid off of the uh, plausible yeah. deniability. It's just like this is yeah. clearly you are a fucking racist shit weasel. That's yeah. why And Andrew Yang needs to say something. He really does. He needs to say something. Simu Liu. All credit to the Canadian Florentonian yeah. Simu Liu. Uh, all credit goes to him for being like, coronavirus does not mean you can be a dick to Asian people. Period. Yeah, that's the most I mean, anybody yeah. has said, like, any like entertainer has said about any of this. Yeah. Anyone from the, yeah. like, I guess the folks from the, Joe like, Wong, pro- Joe Wong Joe has Wong shown, also. has shown some fucking disgusting tweets. About literally oh, yeah. just fucking killing Chinese people, like just straight what? up killing yeah. Chinese people. Yeah, what? like cartoon. Yep, just just be like, we should just nuke the chinks. Just Who? straight up, just what? Just be random people on Twitter. Did you see? Do you know? Cat Wait, did you say old? Joe Wong said that? No, he he was no, retweeting no, 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 no. stuff he that he saw. Play. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 Let's, let's, be, let's be clear. Joe <laughs> didn't say that. He okay. was horrified. Yeah, okay. And yeah. was like, so what he, is this? He compiled, like, the worst of the worst. So yeah. Andrew Yang needs to say something. Yeah, Andrew because Yang needs to it, step the fuck up. Okay, because the last time that someone went out and started saying some hateful shit about Chinese people, what did he do? He minimized the Asian anger over it and like, apologized apologized on behalf of I'm all the sorry. uppity Asian people and said, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like this motherfucker needs to step up. I'm fucking tired of his ass and all the Asian people who have bought into the idea that it's okay for him to go out and be like, can hey, we just it's okay do, to make fun of me because I'm Asian. Can we just, just do an ASMR mar moment? Like, yeah. Coronavirus um, <laughs> isn't that bad. It's not going to do anything to you. It's going to kill all the yellows. It's gonna kill all the yellows, and then you're gonna be fine. A thousand dollars. My family is from a peanut farm in Taiwan. The coronavirus hasn't gone there. I'm okay. Everyone gets a thousand dollars. 
You guys gotta clack your nails on the on the microphone. Apparently, that's a thing you like to do too. Can you hear this? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's the coronavirus that's good shit. killing all people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a oh, man. Bat. I'm Batman. What? Andrew Yang is Batman. Uh, <laughs> I need Batman. <laughs> I need Batman. <laughs> So this is what we do instead of having ad breaks, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have the last time. time we did ASMR, Andrew Yang, people. So we are going to double down and triple down. Yeah. This is called a callback in comedy. Seriously, though, I was thinking about that guy today, and I was just like, you know, it's just so typical for eight, for for there to be the minimization of Asian anger about stuff, and I'm like, dude. Like, the, it's not just the people who live in the fucking trenches, okay? This stuff is happening on, like, social media. It's happening in fucking public. It's happening in the workplace. It's happening at Lowe's. It just got attacked. Someone okay. you know, someone we know closely was attacked for this. Yeah. Physically but he, attacked. But, but Andrew Yang's opinion is that if everyone got $1,000 a month, they wouldn't be like this. I mean, that's literally his answer to this shit is like, I, 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 I apologize for steering into this, but I'm just, I've just fucking had it. No, a thousand dollars a month in the hand of a racist equals a racist with a thousand dollars. Yeah. What did you, what did you say on Twitter? Were you like, um, Bush after nine 11 gave everybody $200. Nobody give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And when Joe tweeted that stuff, and Joe, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for talking about all those things. Yeah, he's he's great. He, he is the he only is, other person, only other Asian um, entertainer who's called the shit out. Yeah, and and I just want to say that when when you saw those horrifying pictures making light or tweets making light of ch- chinks and nuking a billion, one point four billion people because they have the flu or at least 200 of them do or whatever it is. A thousand dollars a month ain't going to fix it. You know, what's going to fix it is if Andrew Yang shows some fucking backbone to his own supporters and is like, we need to, y'all need to stop with this shit and not just stop with it. You need to call it out because this shit is fucked up and it's, 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 being fed you know further to what just is talking about the shortage of um, gas masks the new york times put out an article saying that inferring that chinese people were hoarding gas masks to send back to china and my response to that is free market bitches that's the free market <laughs> if you don't like the free market fuck you and go endorse some state planning okay because you're saying, you're saying the new york times wrote this article saying like criticizing uh diaspora the, chinese folks for doing this yeah, and that 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 the people were hoarding masks to send back to China. So this is the, this is like this is kind of the baffling thing to me is that we are, you know we are seeing we have we have friends and family who we see are trying to pick up these masks um, you know in in various shops across North America and uh, there's some, some intent to send it back to people who actually need it right because the folks there need it they don't yeah, it's really called free market bitches that's what happens and then number two is. Maybe if the New York Times weren't fanning the flames of fear-mongering over this shit, uh, people wouldn't be rushing to stores to buy corona, coronavirus masks or whatever uh, because 
they wouldn't be in the fucking unreasonable amount of panic that they are. Right. I mean, yeah. people, literally, like people are like, they think that this is going to be the zombie apocalypse. I'm like, it's an outbreak of flu. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? This is like, the most fantastic thing. This year, uh, the flu's been particularly bad. All these masks that I hope people are actually wearing, it's going to cut down the mortality from that. We can't Maybe. ever seem to yeah. get down flu mortality. Maybe. Like year for year, it's the same number of people. How it's many like people? people? It's like 60,000 people. 60,000 people die from In flu. In the US. Every yeah. fucking year. How many deaths from coronavirus? None. Like, like 60 so far, I don't know. Compared to yeah. SARS, right? Like when SARS hit, it killed about 700, just under 800. Killed, uh, I think, 40 in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. I think of the 700 internationally, about 400 in China. Like it's, it's literally like a fraction, like two or three orders of magnitude less than two seasons ago. It killed like uh, 61,000 in America alone. Yeah, I mean, it is. What ifs? <laughs> it's a dangerous disease. It's like all diseases. There's a mortality associated with people who have compromised immune systems. Yeah, they die and from the young. Yeah. You know, it's and uh, the young, it's, young it's and terrible. the old. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's a scary thing if you're not like a strong person. But it's the. I flu. mean, and I wouldn't even t- be too uh, too confident about that. I mean, Spanish flu was particularly deadly because it seemed to spare the young and the old, and this was the this was the thing that mowed down young health. It's like no one's been fully able to explain what was going on there, but that's, but you know that can happen too, and we all hear about how bad the Spanish flu was back in 1918. Yeah, but you know why it's called the Spanish flu was this because Spain was the only free journalism, you know, like the free media who actually reported the flu in the -hmm. newspapers, and every other fucking country in Europe and the U.S had spanish flu but the media was censored and so they weren't saying anything about it this reminds me of like have you got have you all seen fahrenheit 9-11 when he did that thing about the killer bee invasion and for no fucking reason they just started calling the killer bee that came down from i think south uh, central america they just called it africanized bees <laughs> what? Yeah, like they, they just changed, no they just racialized the bees they're like there was an invasion of what they call Africanized killer bees. Yeah. And it Holy scared fuck. the fuck out of people. Yeah. Last yeah. time there was a, there was a flu outbreak called MERS. Oh no, Middle let me get Eastern, this. The name, the name. Middle comes, Eastern Respiratory why, why would Syndrome. It, why would they call it Africanized? Well, what, what do you think would tip them off and into calling it that? It's because they wouldn't listen when the cops told them to yeah. uh, settle down. That's exactly uh, it. Cause they were, they were more aggressive. And wow. it, it, the, the way we racialize shit is just crazy. like every invasive species is like Asian kudzu, Asian carp, Asian snakehead, Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome, Spanish flu, you know, like everything's right. like, I want to like, when was the last time we were like, oh yeah, there's an outbreak of American measles, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And you know, even with like coronavirus, people are like, um, Chinese virus. No, no, but beyond that, like, um, if if you're, they're not saying it's Chinese or Asian, they're saying it's Mexican because of the Corona beer. God, like you're saying that they're they're definitely calling it the Chinese virus. Like I've seen that headline a bunch of times. Yeah, the Chinese. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, if you're not calling it Chinese virus, if you're making a joke that is not anti-Asian, it's anti-Mexican. 
There's no yeah, way out. It's always got to be some, oh. some, something else. Okay, before... Here's my take on all this, my hot take, all right? That's why you come to the... That's why everyone comes to Escape from Planet for hot takes. I, You know, I do think that a lot of the about this comes from... This outrage comes from this kind of vulnerability that, you know why are Americans always victimizing other people? And, you know, why do we do this to other people? And I really thought sorted through my own feelings about this. And I do feel differently about this. I'm upset about this because we are self victimizing. The people we're victimizing is ourselves. China doesn't give a fuck what we think. China has decided that they want to put the full scope of their government apparatus to quarantine this thing, to put an end to it. They got their own plan of action. They don't give a fuck what New York Times thinks or what some asshole on Reddit thinks. Or <laughs> like They don't care. They got business to attend to, and they don't give a fuck. Okay? When you say what you want, they don't give a shit. They've never given a shit. Okay? The reason this is pathetic is it, it hurts us because we are now losers. We are a loser country that accepts our pathetic state of affairs, the way that we allow outbreaks of stuff like measles. Why? Because we don't vaccinate kids. Is it because of a lack of vaccines? No. Is it because, uh, you know, like we can't distribute the vaccines to people? No, it's because rich white people don't want to give it to their kids, period. They don't want to fucking listen to you. And the government can't do shit about it because they're rich white people. And I think that the, the fact that we will go and project all these failures and incompetencies and dirtiness and acceptance of disease onto other racial groups is our way of coping with our own failure. It's our way of not looking at the fact that we fall behind all the fucking time, day after day. And my outrage is the way in which we're using this as a cover to not improve our own fucking situation. And it's driving I mean, me back. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have agree a, have with a big you. flagship newspapers handle this. Yeah. Teen, I agree with you in that that is what um, Americans are doing. But I disagree with you that it is because Americans realize we are so far behind you and we're so fucked. I don't think most people know how completely no, fucking incompetent we are. No, we they just don't. do it. We no, just they, do it. No, that, no it, exactly. No, look, That's just but, making no. it worse. But I'm saying that they would do it if they were all powerful or not. And they're not. And I think that um, this is a good segue to Jess's awesome viral tweet thread about it. And I, I would like you know, to hear more about that right now because she kind of explains how we are so completely fucked. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel like just just reading. And this has been happening for a few um, about a week now. I think since it really hit uh, public consciousness, just the way we talk about it just never never seemed correct. So it's just like. So I, I guess I'm kind of trying to explore this this in, this innate like disgust factor that seems to be behind a lot of this uh, this really virulent uh, hate, like hate speech. Honestly, going on. Um, That's exactly what it is. It's fucking hate speech. I mean, come on, like you are like hate crime in that low China. <laughs> yeah, I, on the basis of race, man. Um, 
shout out to the manager of that Lowe's. He was he was cool, um, did the right thing. Um, would not want to try that experiment again with white women, like ab- like white white women, if you know what I mean. Um, I feel like I could have gone a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, it just comes down to, I mean, like the one thing that everyone kept harping on, like, what was the one thing, right? They eat fucking bats, right? It's that, it's that, it's all the misinformation about those damn wet markets um, that really, like, set off, like, pop this off to another layer of disgust. Um, they can't even make up their minds because at first it was snakes, I thought, and now it's bats. Yeah. Give me something else next and week, then, probably. Yeah. Um, with Ebola, but bats just it was monkeys. That, uh, yeah. Um, Same fucking monkeys. Yeah. Um, and then it just occurred to me that, like, Americans are just, just have a very, very high-key, like, food palate. I don't even want to call it palate. It's not even really like preference at this point. This is like an en- like an entire population engineered to respond to these uh, like like a very limited nutritional palate um, over decades. Um, so, it was just, so it was just basically a thread about that. Just why is it so fucking weird to contemplate eating a thing like that? It's not that's not weird. The weird shit is that I can go to a grocery store and buy a seven pound chicken breast. What the fuck? How big is this chicken? Oh, they're huge. Have you seen them? <laughs> it's fucking. It's what? really scary. Like, uh, it's they're pounds? like Franken chicken. This is half. Yeah. This is really half. Sad. Then. Uh, like is this is this some like Franken chicken just falling over with giant boobs? Yes, I, I no, mean they, they have trouble they're standing. They're the Barbies of chickens. Jesus, <laughs> uh. with giant feet. Uh, they're, it's it's insane. Uh, and the, and chicken in America tastes like shit. Um, it it really does. It's really bad. Um, so so it's more like it's more that like no 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 like let's get let's get one thing straight. Um, your preferences for how food should be is not normal. Um, and if you start there, then it, then you kind of, um, it renders that, that, that plausible deniability, um, uh, just a little bit more translucent, uh, before it, like, if it's public, if it's, oh my God, my, I'm just looking after my children. That's a pretty opaque, uh, you know, what's there, but you're, but you know, that, that line is pretty opaque. Uh, but then you start to like tease it tease a little bit and you just see this like that it's just that disgust thing over just the suspected uh food that these people all think that uh the chinese are snacking on day in and day out apparently um so it was really just it was it was it was just kind of a throwaway thing just talking about you know the way you're trained to think about food is more pathological than anyone deciding to buy a bat from wherever that market doesn't even sell bats so you know you guys are stupid and racist um i wasn't expecting it to take off um but it's here we are uh the most important things i want i'm just really i'm actually super glad that a lot of people saw it because uh, a couple of things that we as americans need to uh know about what's going on with our food supply uh one the fda is completely shitting the bed on e coli um there's an outbreak like all the time and it's always like and they're getting worse here like first it was spinach and then it was lettuce and then it's kale. Yeah. Um, and this is multiple outbreaks a year. These claim lives. Um, Do you remember, like, uh, I think Chipotle had a breakout? It almost, like, cratered. Oh, that's right. In their, 
and they're yeah. in their pork or something. Months. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My that was favorite. Some, like, veggies or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it was uh the sofritas. I thought it was like their their yeah. meat substitute was like infested with E. coli. It was so gross. And stuff. Mary's yeah. going back too, right? Like they've been doing fine since that outbreak. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so an E. coli. It's not. Uh, you can't compare those kinds of uh, outbreaks with necessarily like. But still, this is we're talking about a commonly eaten food um, that that now has a higher, an exponentially higher risk of being able to kill you. Uh, and the federal agency tax, tasked with making sure that doesn't happen has been effectively kneecapped and decapitated, basically. The, the ag gag. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's another thing. So whistle like whistleblowing. If you are say a meat packer or a farmer or 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 somebody involved, you know, on the inside of the, the food supply chain, you witness an abuse and you want to whistleblow. That is now a federal crime. So now we have another safeguard for public safety removed. I mean, the big this big historical. Uh, I mean, it was muckraking journalism that uh, first br- brought us the first version of the FDA to begin with. Um. Sh- um uh, Upton Sinclair, The Jungle, talking about meatpacking conditions in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, the, the apocryphal story goes, uh, the president was eating breakfast sausages while reading it. And then he was like, no, I, I oh, wow, no. Um, and it's muckraking journalism that really brought, uh, brought, that, brought these food industries into line. We have a huge amount. We have a huge debt that we owe two people like Upton Sinclair for keeping us safe. And now uh, he'd be going to prison. All right, cool. Wasn't and there, three, sorry, but um, before that, like, wasn't there another thing where um, these, these meatpacking workers uh, a few months ago, like reported sexual assault at a plant and instead of uh, anybody fuck? do anything about it, ISIS just rounded them up and deported them? <laughs> Oh, my. Yeah, I remember that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying it's like all yeah. connected. You it's know? all connected. And yeah. then number three, this is the one that I was really shocked not a lot of people to know about. Um, pork is effectively deregulated in the United States. There are there is no fe- there is no government oversight at all in the uh, in the entire pipeline to put pork on pork out uh, on the market. This all happened. This is the United States, and this is all happening. Which means that, given the given the direction we're pointing in, uh, we have zero moral high ground to be standing on, uh, to even be thinking about lecturing China. Well, that, that's why. But that's exactly why we need China. Yes. Where you see, because all China is is a figment of American imagination. Americans don't know anything about China. They've never been there. They don't speak Chinese. They don't know anything about China. They're totally ignorant about China. Just like they're ignorant about the rest of the world, because America exists on an island on the opposite side of the planet from the rest of the world. It's an isolated place. That's it. And we need China. And I beat—I don't mean the country China. I don't mean Chinese people. I don't mean anything remotely related to China. I mean the American imagination of China. We need it as a place to store all of the shit that we don't want to deal with. All of the shit that we know sucks about us, but we don't want it to weigh on us. And do you think that's like an active cover up 
that's yes. kind of happening on purpose? Or do you, th- do you think it's yeah, kind of you a subconscious? See, you see yes, the absolutely. Absolutely. Be because absolutely. Because for the longest time, like take pollution, like take carbon uh, emissions, for example. For the longest time, the U.S. kept saying that they weren't going to go, get, you know, support the Kyoto Protocols. They weren't. We entered the Paris Protocols. We left them. We want. We we will not sign up for uh, any sort of carbon treaty. Why? Obviously, we know why. There's economic reasons why we don't give a fuck and we want to make one. But why do we just? How do we justify? It? That's the thing that I care about, right? We know why. We know the economic why. But how do we sell that ideologically? We need China because we've always said, well, this isn't going to work unless China signs up to it. You see, we can't make a dent in pollution until China does as well. So we got blindsided uh, at the G20 when Obama, you know, when Obama was still president, when China surprised him and said, hey, guess what? We just signed up for Paris. You guys can't rely on us anymore as the reason you're not going to do it. And of course, Obama lied and said, well, we're going to join it too. Never got any congressional approval. Trump took us immediately out of the Paris Treaty. China's still a signatory to the treaty, and it's one of the only countries of any real importance that has actually kept in line with its, with its obligations. France, which is part of the treaty, is completely out of compliance with its, with its uh, stated <laughs> Paris Treaty. It's actually leading some of the committees there. Yes, um, chi- chi- yes, China is actually one of the most responsible countries when it comes to climate. Okay, and I, I, ju- I it's just this thing where we have gone used to over this over decades blaming everything on China because we have uh, we don't want to deal with it or have other reasons. We have secret reasons that we don't want that we don't want to do things. We just we blame doesn't China. The, doesn't the U.S. just like dump garbage and plastic? Yeah, we used to um, ship our into, garbage there. They don't want yeah. to burn it now. You guys burn it now, right? Because because China up their um, their kind of uh, regulatory uh, uh, kind of expectations around um, uh, the quality of the, the plastic being shipped over. So they're not taking your trash anymore. And so American cities oh, are actually oh. burning 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 plastic instead. I think there was like a shipment of like mm-hmm. just. Yeah. I think the Philippines were like, "Get, I, we're not taking your shit anymore." Yeah, and we just sent the it anyway. Malaysia. We just, yeah, remember we just sent it anyway, and then. The Philippines barges of trash. Yeah, there's just barges of trash showing up in the Philippines. The Philippines are like, "What the fuck is this?" We said no, and and we were like, "I don't know." It's your problem now. And they were just like, "No, you need to get this the fuck out of here." I mean, we are using Asia as a fucking dumping ground for our literal trash, for our most our pedophiles, for our just our fucking just shittiest tendencies. We always blame China. We always blame China and Asia and rest of the world. There's an interesting question point here, though, right? Our fucking problem. Because now, now Asia is actually kind of standing up for themselves and saying and pushing back. Yeah, right? China has always pushed back. China has always been like "fuck you," and yeah. that's the reason why China makes people so angry. Because when Asia is like, when an Asian person is like, "Guess what, motherfucker? I don't want your shit. I'm not taking your shit, and we do things better than you." Like you can't blame us anymore because like the rest of the world is like moving on from you guys. Right now, as an American, it hurts me. It hurts me not because it is insulting to China, not because I'm a, I'm not pro Chinese or whatever. It's because we are fucking losers. We're acting like losers. And I need, I want Americans, white Americans to understand this about themselves, that you are all being losers. (laughs) 
Like you're not like, I think even the liberal, like the ones that kind of understand that this is going on are kind of like, you know, we shouldn't do this to the poor Chinese. No, fuck you. It's not about the poor Chinese. The poor Chinese got they're busy. They're busy with Chinese shit. They ain't got time for this. Okay. This is about us. We are being fucking self-defeating racists and it's catching up with us. Like our reputation around the world is so in the shit and we have no idea because we don't know anything about it. Like it's so bad. Yeah. Like, and it, it is so kind bad. of um, reputation that even fucking holds, holds us afloat in a lot of situations. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So it is a lot of soft power. Yeah. Um, there's a lost art to, uh, to this, to this game that, that nobody up top seems to be uh, aware of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because look, the, the, the most threatening thing to the rest of the world, to anyone who dared stand up to America, the most threatening thing through history has all, I'm, I know this is getting far from coronavirus. I apologize. Um, is that the people were attracted to America. They liked the way Americans were. They liked the way we were competent, fair, the way we saw and imagined the world. And I think there was a time, honestly, when briefly, when America presented an unbelievably attractive image of itself and of its own projected future of the world to the globe. And I think that was a very threatening thing. I mean, if you really want to threaten China, I think probably the most threatening America has ever been to China was probably during the years of uh, Deng Xiaoping's uh, sort of reform period. Because at that time, China actually wanted to emulate the United States. See, that was the thing. And we treated China like a partner. And we treated China with respect because we were trying to win China over, to beat China over the head. Yeah, kill them with kindness, bring them away from the Soviet sphere. Uh, and exactly. then, and naturally, incline its citizens to uh, to think positively of America's ways. I mean, yes, Dang was, was nervous about the extent of this uh, assimilative force. He was he was extremely nervous, and he said on you know he said towards the end of his life that that was his biggest fear. He thought that um, that China would fully go the way and liberalize like America did. He he truly feared that. We struck fear in the heart of Deng Xiaoping. How? By embracing them and being like a partner because we were so much better at doing things. And that is all gone. And America has really missed, like we just don't understand that the base of our power, the base of our prestige, the base of it, it was not our awesome F-16s and our aircraft carriers. or what, It's none of that, okay? What it was, was the fact that we were attractive to the world. And we are so unattractive now. We're so unattractive to the rest of the world. And our stupid racism and our just... Just total provincial ignorance. Yes. Provincial arrogance. You know, it's okay to be provincial if you realize you're provincial, but Americans are provincial and we think we're, we're worldly. It's just horrible. It's a horrible look. It's fucking gross. And it's gone. The American magic is gone and we're not getting it back again. We're not getting it back again. It's too late. Sorry. And it's depressing to me as an American, but it's depressing to me as an American, not as a Chinese. Yeah. I think over. a lot of uh, white, black, a lot of different Americans feel this way, 
right? Because like um, Jess's thread got a lot of really positive response. You know, like they, yeah. I think people yeah. people on the ground. I'm not talking about the media fucking class. You know, the capitalist class. I'm talking real fucking Americans. They see this. And they're like, holy shit, I had no idea. I wish I knew. I want to know more. Do they? Like, they're not, but do yeah. they Do they see it or do they still think that this is about protecting the Chinese from racism? Because I don't think that what this is. See, I don't think that's what it is. See, I, I, I think they think it's like, oh, we shouldn't be racist to Chinese. I'm like, no, y'all shouldn't be losers. Like, that's what I'm trying to get across. Like, it, it's one thing to be like, oh, this is racist. It's another to be like, this is pathetic. Like, we need a sense of national shame. I, mean, I think that's... Actually, I think, I mean, in this thread, which is really about, you know, everyone, like this high horse, right? Like, Tim, what you're talking about, like this, this condescension implies a place of superiority, right? In this case, if we're talking about, you know, ew, fuck, ew, they eat bats, um, then it's, then it's kind of deconstructing that. Like, no, if you're, if your grandma or great grandmother um, might have a recipe for possum stew someplace in the family recipe book. Um, I mean, it actually got a lot of people talking, um, it, like further down it was, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's like, it's like drawing the connection between like, oh, we don't, we don't actually, we're, we can't, we're not in any fucking place either historically or currently to be talking shit about some other group here well, because a, I, the very, the exact same thing that we're saying they do, um, is kind of a thing here. Well, um, so I, here's I, the thing. I don't know. Here, I don't. But, but here, I, here's, here's the thing with the turtle soup and the possum is like, it's there still is taking, a cohesive, well, no, comprehensive it's still view. taking this view that all societies at some point ate bushmeat and China is in its bushmeat phase. And we shouldn't forget that at some point we were in a bushmeat phase too. And so we should go easy no, on it's China. It's that we're actually still in a bushmeat phase. There are people, billions of people, who would see us eating cows and pigs and chickens and like fuck all at the same time too, um, as fucking barbaric and disgusting. Like nobody but, has but who is fully thinks that, out though? of the bush meats. But who <laughs> really thinks that? I mean, my, my point being this, like, I still think that the liberal this is this there is a lib there is a white consciousness that just isn't doesn't exist. And there's something about America that I think we're immune to shame. You know, like we don't, we, we can feel guilty. We can feel outrage, but we can't actually feel shame. Like the Amer America can just I, do horrible things. And I just don't feel like it really, like if you're Chinese and your country does, there's a great failure, you know, your country fails or something at something or is humiliated in some way. It, like it hurts the soul of the person. And I think this is true for most people that when their people, so to speak, experience some kind of failure or something like that, it, it hurts them as a person. In America, for some reason, we can just suffer failure after failure after failure. And we don't, we can be outraged about it. We can be um, angry about it. We can be uh, guilty about it, but we don't feel ashamed. And I just, yeah, well, I, well, why okay, is that? I I think there is a need for that shame because when people don't feel shame, there's just cognitive dissonance and they have no way to unload that cognitive dissonance except to push it on fucking China, right? Like it's all related in that way. It's not that Americans but, but, don't feel shame. They like, they would if they could, but they can't. 
Yeah, like, they and, understand and what that I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is that as a Chinese American, I can kind of see both sides to this, and I'm telling you, white people, like I hope some white people listen to this, get the word out. Like this is not offensive to me as a Chinese person. I'm proud of the way China is dealing with this coronavirus thing because I don't think the U.S. could do this, right? I think yeah, China's doing a hospital some in nine fucking, days. Yeah, China's doing sci-fi level shit. shit. Okay? Like y'all yeah. don't understand white people that what China is doing right now is doing a giant global flex because when the cards come down yeah. and they get this thing contained, they are going to write the book on what the future of like public health is going to look like. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. They're using molecular, let me, look, they use molecular dynamics simulations to figure out the protein fold of this fucking virus in like what two weeks yeah it's kind of crazy i, I don't I, know i haven't heard any cool. stories about like chinese scientists and chinese medical experts working on the cure or or vaccine or whatever i've heard about like australian uh you know, medical professionals working on this thing. It, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because it's probably there's definitely a lot going on in China itself to try to like resolve this thing, but that's not being reported on at all, right? And why? Sh- but but because it's Philip, okay, I like, ask, like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, the, so the, to that point, it's just uh, even the benevolent uh, ones who are like, oh, we should you know send our CDC whatever uh, that already comes with some condescension. Like China actually doesn't need this right now. Uh, because here's the fucking thing. Given given these cities that are in China that are operating at the highest urban densities ever recorded in human history in a globally connected environment that can, you know, spread diseases from here to all the way around the globe in under 24 hours. China is actually writing the book on this. There is nobody else's expertise that has anything that comes close to what they have to just figure out for themselves. They are not, they aren't, it is not an act of charity to be sharing knowledge with them. We are, if we are going to survive whatever comes next, we will have to be learning from them. And that awareness I th- I see zero of. Yes. And there's another layer to this that's so fucking bullshit. I, ca- I cannot even, I can't even. I cannot even approach even with this is like, it is so obvious that our state department and CIA is somehow in in working in accordance with the media to try and sow discord in China, which is the equivalent of the CIA CIA trying to put PP in Chinese Coke. Like they're trying to sow discord (laughs) in china okay it's just the oldest playbook and they've been doing this to countries like guatemala they're doing it to venezuela they're doing it to iran they're doing it to ukraine they're doing it fucking everywhere and they're trying to do it in china i mean they have with hong kong and um, yes exactly they're trying to do it with hong kong and they're trying to do it with the coronavirus with publishing Mm -hmm. these outlandish stories i saw one the other day in forbes saying that the coronavirus is the ultimate test so far of the communist party and Xi's regime. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think a much bigger test was in 2008 when we crashed the global economy. I think that was a much bigger thing than 300 people with the super flu. Okay. And I think that this is backfiring so badly because I was right on the border of Hong Kong uh, in Shenzhen. You can see Hong Kong from where I was and nobody in Shenzhen, which is literally, you could take a cab from Hong Kong to Shenzhen had any care whatsoever about what was going on in Hong Kong other than they probably weren't going to go there for. 
it's not spreading. Okay. And people in China are disgusted with Hong they're disgusted with the behavior of the protesters there. I don't care about your politics on this, but the objective fact is that the protesters are doing horrendous shit to their own city. And the objective fact is that people in China are rallying against that. They're rallying against that. And this coronavirus shit, people are rallying in China to support Wuhan. Okay. They're, they're, you know, like I just watched the movie the other day, like, this happened right on Chinese New Year. It's really sad. Like people couldn't celebrate. They they released a movie uh, because the theaters were in quarantine. The film company just decided to release it for free on the internet, so everyone just watch it from home. Okay, like the country's coming together to fight these things. Their country's coming together because of this stuff. This attempt to sow discord among the Chinese is backfiring, and they still keep doing it. It's so fucking stupid. And it's not, it's not because I don't want us to victimize China. It's like we are victimizing ourselves. This is a loser's game. The country is acting and behaving like a sociopathic loser. And, and it's does right not now, know it's a laughing stock. It doesn't know it's a laughing stock. It's so bad. And it's not just with China. It's all around the world. Uh, the Europeans feel this way around us. We just, they're just too nice to say it to our faces. And yeah, you know what's going to happen is so China is going to uh, contain this shit and it's going to be fine. And then the whole world is going to rally around that. Um, you think they're actually going to give China credit, though? Like, it, like I just said, with like, China you know. doesn't care. Yeah, that's the I'm, thing. China I'm doesn't saying, care. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that this is going to be um this is just gonna lose the u.s more soft power globally absolutely this is stupid Mm -hmm. and we just keep trying to undermine all forms of inner like international goodwill all forms of global solidarity or just basic global cooperation or just basic global civility every every notion of that is just being undermined actively by america we assassinated that Soleimani guy. Iraq voted to kick America you know, out of the country. We're only there by their permission. And Trump was like, you know what? We're just going to take your bank accounts and seize your money then. I mean, like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? It's gotten so bad that I do think that even it's actually like some of the more conservative media has been calling out some of the worst excesses because this is, you know, there's this leftist fascination with like the financial times because they're like, you can look at the true unadulterated opinions of, of the capitalist class in places like the financial times. They're, they're too smart and too dumb at the same time to put spin on what they say. They just say what they actually mean. And they, those sectors of the press have started to come around to the idea that we are just destroying ourselves. We're just destroying ourselves. And the only victim in this is us, America. We're not victimizing other countries. And I think that it's the liberal delusion that what they need to do is show compassion and, and openness and like not to victimize and to offend and stuff. I'm like, yo, that's not the problem. The problem is not like, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. Can I ask you a question? Like for real, you still say us, you know? Americans. Like, um, yeah, Americans. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm departing from that us, you know? Of, well, just, yes. As a Chinese but, person, yeah. I, I just like, the more I see of this, 
the more I'm just like, I am Chinese diaspora, period. Is yeah. that, wait, is that because you, is like, that because you feel ashamed, Diana? Is that why? Like you're feeling America? the shame that you guys are descri- describing as an American, right? No, I just feel like I'm not really a part of this. This isn't my doing. I was never a part of this. I was never invited to this. I was never really here of my own accord. And I'm just going to walk away from it like I do with, you know, like white femininity or white masculinity. I'm just like, this is not this is not my problem. Fuck all of this. Just I, I just feel the urge to opt out of Americanism. I, I understand. I totally sympathize with that. I more or less feel like I'd be a fool to buy into this notion of American identity that is capable of shame. And I don't feel shame. I'm questioning why there is no national shame because I know there isn't any because I don't feel any. Um, and I know nobody else but does. Why either. should you? You're I don't. Asian. I don't. I don't. You I don't feel do it. this. You no, didn't I don't. do this. No, but, but you, don't, I, what you don't need to. No, but like I this. want to, you see, because I think that to be part of something is to share in its failures as well as its successes. And I think that we, the way America sh- shares in its success is formed by the fact. But the, is, is, when is, have is, we ever shared in America's success? I, what I'm trying to say is, no, I, look, Diana, I understand what you're saying. I, what I'm trying to say, I'm not making oh, we need to, uh, you know, double down on our American identities and be a part of it all and whatever. My, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is that for, and I'm talking to Asian, this is an Asian American podcast, I'm talking to Asian American, is that I think that the more powerful stance here as an Asian American, the, for me, what brings me more peace to my life when it comes to this stuff, why I don't, yes, I, you know, I'm angry, but I think I could still articulate this anger in a way that, sense to me and and i don't i don't go to bed angry and stuff like that um i may i make you all go to bed angry. <laughs> i think that it makes me feel better to know that i'm not really the victim here it's not my chinese side that's the victim here like when when there's all this sinophobia raging it's like yeah you know like people you know we're gonna get yelled at at lowe's or we're gonna get told to go in a hospital people are gonna you know but as a chinese person right um that to me is me suffering or is us suffering something on behalf of all Chinese people. And we can take it. I mean, it's not, this is not an existential problem for Chinese people. You know what I mean? What I'm trying to say, what I would, what I would suggest is that instead of seeing all of this as the victimization of Chinese, that it's really the victimization, the self victimization and self annihilation of the American. And that makes me feel better because I'm not as bought into that. To be honest, I don't feel a real sense of personal. Um, I, I, I don't feel a real sense of my personal identity enmeshed in that of the American of America. And you know, I don't feel guilty about that because I don't see white Americans feeling that way either. I, I just don't think that that sense of national pride exists in America. It's absent. And I know because I was just in China and I and I absolutely sensed it there. It's totally different. And the absence of that in America is so stark when you come back here. It disappears after a few weeks. You get used to it again, but but there's a notable absence of it. And it explains the shittiness and juvenile nature of our behavior and our thinking and why this country is a piece of shit. 
It's a piece of fucking shit at this point. I mean, look at our leaders. Look at what we do. Nobody likes us. Everyone hates us. Even our closest allies hate us. Okay? Like, it is so bad at this point, Diana, that I do kind of feel that I am ready to talk about us because I want Americans to feel the shame. Like, I want to. But why do you even care? Because I want them to feel it. I want Americans to realize. And I think, no, I do. And I think, you know what? I think the alt-right people, those white boys that like, you know, are all into like the white race and all that stuff. I think in a way that is the actual emergence of national pride in a sense, like there is yeah. this urge for it. Well, and it's nationalism, which, which has been on the upswing for very yeah. long. For yeah. Long. yeah. Yeah. I want those people to suffer a little bit to shame to be like yeah. so i mean i think it's oh, it's low context versus high context i think we are extreme end of what a low context society mm-hmm. is yeah and i want them to fight for something better you know what i mean like that's why i think this this year is really pivotal because the choice i hope is going to be between bernie and trump and i think bernie operates with some semblance of national pride some sort of sense of communal ethic something where we just yeah. learn to care about people other people i mean it's it's the most appealing part of his messaging right i mean it's not me us something yeah I even mean, even in yeah. 2016 um there was somebody i can't remember the article but i was reading something about how trump and bernie were the only candidates that really spoke to this emerging populism uh in america and none of the none of the other candidates were, and it was saying that Bernie would be the only candidate to have a chance of beating Trump in that election. And I, I still think it's true. I, I totally believe. Well, I hope it's true. I don't know. If, I don't know if, if I believe or don't believe. I think it's up in the air, and I hope. And I do think that there is some kind of hope, but it's not going to be a pretty one. It's not going to be an easy one. But like someone needs to take some pride around here. Like someone needs to just like value basic decency, you know, and there's just no decency left. And as a Chinese person, I think these kinds of events, like for, for our audience, it's like, you know, to use these as learning lessons to be like, this isn't just about us. Like when, when this type of shit happens, like, this is how I deal with it. It's like, this isn't about me. This isn't about what Chinese people eat. This is not about like, you know, oh, white people think we're dirty. I don't give a fuck about that. This is like a commentary on the state of America. Like, this is just the one, like, what do you think Jews are going through? You know what I mean? Like, what do you think black people are going through? Like, it's not just us. It's not just us. Nobody's being shown any decency. This is our form of it. You know what I mean? And I think for me personally, carrying that sense of like shared indignity, like being humiliated, not by the insult, but by the, what that says about our country, humiliated by the sense of what that says about the country we live in. uh, It it does kind of restore my faith that there are other people out there beyond ourselves, Asians that are suffering these kinds of things too. They see it, they get it. It's not just us. And we all got to find each other. We can't just we can't just go in our own little corners and pout. We can't. We can't. It, 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 that's not. That's just self annihilation. We we can't do that. It's my all right. Rant yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. Like, uh, I'm I'm 100 on board with that message, but I also think that at the same time, like, 
there's a lot of bad shitty stuff that's happening to Asian Americans. It's going to get amplified, right? A lot of people don't have time to worry about shame and like the country and the politics around it. Uh, you know, what do we do there, right? Like, does feeling shame, does kind of working through that, is that going to actually help us deal with these, like, the, the kind of brass tacks of... Yes, because the only way that we can through solidarity with other groups, like, we can't go at this alone. And this feeling of hopelessness, and I'm too, oh, I'm too busy to build up solidarity. Yeah, I understand that. It's not easy. But the thing is, like, we're never going to get anywhere if we only think that it's, that it's just us that's being victimized here. We are being victimized along with a lot of other people in this country, and we now need to find ourselves on a side. We need to pick a side, and the the lines yeah, are being drawn. I, 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 I do I, agree I just, with that because see, when somebody only feels that you know, like, oh, I'm being attacked, I'm being oppressed, blah, like it, 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 it's like um, somebody like an Asian American like that. I am. I envision that as somebody who goes, no, I'm one of the good ones. I'm on yeah. your side. You know, yeah. just like yeah. just one of these fucking so, apologists. So, so that's a, that's or one I'm, of the actual, the kind of positive sides or the hopeful, hopefully positive sides that could potentially emerge from this whole emergency, right? That that just Mark and I were talking about. Like, what what good can come of this? Like, maybe you know, we hope that we can see some more solidarity between like second gen and first gen. Uh, Asian Americans, right? Like this is a this is a really good time for that to to emerge, if if at all. And I'm I'm actually starting to see a little bit of that online. Like I'm starting, trying to see people, you know, like even like what's her name, Kathy Zhu, like that that MAGA Asian woman. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She oh, was yeah. coming out and like talking shit about you know white people talking shit about Chinese people. Like, she was defending Chinese folks, which is something you don't holy expect shit, from yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know about like the bigger picture of you know, political identity and shame, but like at least this crisis can maybe bring some solidarity between at least within Asian Americans and and Asian diaspora at large. Right. There's, there's some, I mean, I I hope so. Uh, I mean, this whole distancing thing, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm actually American or, you know, um, or, you know, I'm, I'm not actually Chinese. Um, uh, that just needs to go. Right. Like it really, it like, let me tell you, like, it did not matter one bit that I was not Chinese in that in that hardware store right that there is like there is no purpose in hiding behind in trying to find cover under convenient smoke screens it's not going to cover you all in and just like not take the shit lying down but jess you're, you're was, not I, you're not chinese you're not chinese you're a customer of lowe's that's right uh but i mean like so you kind of have cover either way like i mean there is a there are nightmare situations you know when you are faced uh when it looks like it might get um you might get dicey uh i mean but the thing is like for something like this it can it's still in the realm of being fairly easy to point out because they cannot say it out loud um so I think there is a lot of room. There's still a lot of room to uh, not ju- to not just take the fear um, as as a given out there. I, I don't you know, know if that made sense. Phil, but- I want to push back on what Philip said a little because you know how many like we can't just sit back and observe and be like, okay, well, how you know what about the person who too busy to do stuff and what about people who feel like you know they just want to make it through the day or whatever and i'm like yeah okay they're out there but you know what i don't know if that's me and i don't know if that's people who listen to this pod and i don't know if that's you and i think that it needs we need to start fostering an ethic to say 
you know what? If you're able to say something, if you're able to offer something new, a new perspective, a new just like you have to promote it now. Like you can't just sit back and be like, okay, well, this is what I think, but you know, is that going to be of any use to anyone? Like, no, it's like, this is a time where it's unprecedented. I mean, I think we're dealing with like unprecedented levels of just decay and no one, like people need to step up, dude. And it's, I, but I actually think that this is the area that we actually do have very, very specific uh, awareness and insight of, right? I, I, I mean, to have, this is the perspective just pushing back on a very a relatively minor aspect of the story uh, took off. A lot of people are actually hungry to see it. Um, there's a lot of very lazy thinking. Um, so uh, I think it's just time to start saying stuff. There is no yeah. point yeah. in hiding. Yeah. And, and Diana, look, this is why when I say us, when I say America, because I'm done fucking playing victim. Like I'm, done, I'm just done. I'm not a victim to in in this. I, I I understand it when I hear Black Americans saying I'm done being a victim. I'm done being a victim. I'm done trying to appeal to to liberals to feel sorry for me. I'm done. I don't fucking care what they think about me. I don't give a shit. I'm saying one of these days, pretty soon, you're gonna look in the mirror and understand what we've lost. I just happen to have seen it first because I'm Chinese. Okay. Uh, we are going to come to a reckoning sooner or later to say we've been fucking ourselves all along and your liberal pretensions about having gone out and victimized other people with your, you know, a white people victimizing. No, this is self victimization and I'm done being a victim and I'm an American because I feel that it's time for Asian Americans to start lecturing this country, telling this country what the fuck is wrong with it without holding back as please don't victimize me. I don't give a fuck what you say about me. Fuck you. This ain't my problem. This is your problem. You know, I, that's why I say us because okay, I, I want, I want to re I can, I want to reestablish my standing as an American to be like, y'all are fucking yourselves and all of you liberals that think that this is about victimizing other countries. You all need to catch up to reality because you're all way behind the fucking times. You're living in a dream world. Okay. China ain't worried about you. They ain't worried about you at all. Okay. You need to worry about yourself. That's why I say us. So I can get behind that. I'm so fucking mad. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. so fucking mad, dude. And that, you know, that is our contribution yeah. to the coronavirus. Discourse. The title of the episode should be "Coronavirus Sucks, But America Sucks More." Or something like I mean, it should. Like, dude, look, pork is deregulated. Measles pork is deregulated. Has mutated. Measles back. This okay. That was like one of the unambiguous wins of the 20th century. Unambiguous. We didn't get too many, but that was a definite one. We eradicated diseases and then brought them back. Uh, what the fuck? What the fuck? White, and, it was, and it was fucking white liberals in like shit. You know, it's like Jim Carrey and shit. It's like, I mean, and this, this goes back to your, your, off the fucking reservation. About, uh, this thing about us, right? And this is, I, I really do see that as a, as a complete one of the, um, like one of the key signs that just any any sense of of uh, peoplehood is dissolving 
it's a pretty fucking antisocial thing to do to decide you're you're gonna opt out of herd immunity this is i don't know how big of a fuck you it gets just my pretend sense of safety and security in this very in this limited bubble trumps everyone's right to not die of a disease we got rid of you're trying to hold up a mirror to 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 white american liberals and they're not looking they're not seeing it they're not seeing it they're not looking you know why because they're all sucking their own dicks okay because they're they're staring at their own balls and you're holding it's, the mirror yeah. up to be like, hey, can it's, you see that you're you know, sucking your own dick? And they're like, yeah. I don't know. I can't see. I'm busy. <laughs> it's like busy. you go to that eyes wide shut orgy and you're like, look at this shit. And everybody's just like licking each other's assholes. I don't think, see, I don't think shame is the, I, I, you either start to feel shame or you get humiliated. Uh, and I think that's what we're on a, a, a crash course to. Um, like Tina, I think you pointed uh, this out. Like um, accounts of people who go to modern China uh, and get shook, completely shook. Yeah, if Chris they, Matthews. If, yes, yeah. if 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 they have the ability to look at reality and not layer on their Pokemon Go shit with all the little like you know communist agents that are hiding the reality. Okay, you're free to go wherever the fuck you want. You can go anywhere. You can look at anything you want. If you have the ability to see with your eyes and not imagine shit that ain't there, you will understand that we're in trouble. We are in fucking trouble. And yeah, Chris Matthews. Yeah, he went to China. Chris fucking Matthews. Like, nobody takes this asshole seriously. I don't take him seriously. Goes to China, comes back, and he was like, I was shook by what they're doing, what they're going to accomplish, what they've accomplished. And all I feel is respect. And why did he say it? Because I think that Chris Matthews is one of these old-fashioned Dixie liberal types who still feels a sense of national pride and is able it to feel him as an American. It, it pricked him. It pricked him as an American to be like, "Fuck, fuck, we should be doing this. I want this." Yeah. See, the the thing when I see that's a winner's that, attitude. Like, that's not a. I, yes, it I is. It's the winner's attitude because he knows yeah. we're losing. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. It, it's a winner's attitude to come back and be like, fuck. No, but I, I see that. that. I see that as like, um, this is what we're doing. We're winning. <laughs> the white people can go fuck themselves. Well, okay, yeah. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying because you identify as Chinese. Um, I guess part of me still respects well, part of me still wants, I think ultimately you can't just operate like this. Like ultimately we are going to have a reckoning. Ultimately we are going to have to face and confront our problems. So who, who is we? We Americans, especially white Americans. And I think that's fine. I can fucking move to China. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Why not? You know, next next time some white asshole goes, you know, go back to China, just be like, I can't wait. I cannot wait because it's way better than here because you exist. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm telling you, it's it's sad. It's it's sad. I mean, maybe because I'm a little bit old. Like, I do remember a time when I think America was a different, more confident country. Uh, and it was admirable to some extent. And it's gone. It's just totally fucking gone. Um, 
It really is. Th- this is my opinion. Okay, if you're an Asian American, you suffer. You you look online or you look on the bus or you look at whatever, and you you know you hear someone say something about the Chinese or the dirty Chinese or them Asians or they treat someone. Your boss calls the fucking ambulance on you or whatever. Okay, if you're gonna be upset about that, like you need to take it fucking seriously. Like you have a like I know that like you were targeted and you were victimized, but you in a weird way also have a kind of responsibility that comes from that, in my opinion. Because what's happening is happening to a lot of people. And I just don't like the attitude, Philip. Sorry. I mean, this might be a Canadian thing or not, but I just don't like the attitude of just like, eh, I'm too busy to care or, you know, what's the average person to do? Or, you know, what does this matter in the end? I just want to, I just want to live in peace or whatever. Um, you know, I think that you have fully that right, you know, you have that right, you have that ability to do that, but just don't expect to feel better. Like don't expect anything to get better. If that's the attitude you take, I think it's just, it's time that people fucking stand up and a lot of people are standing up to a lot of different things. And this is one of those things. Like we've got to put this on the list of things, all the things that have been put on a list to be like, these are the problems that are happening. These are signs of decline. We've got to make it heard, okay? We've yeah. got to make we've got to make it understood that this dear this is part of the whole fucking thing. This is part of this is part this is the big problem. These are not isolated incidents. This isn't yeah. like oh, America's fine except it, it doesn't like the chinks, okay? No, America's fucked, and not liking the chinks and all this shit is just part of the fuckery, okay? You've got to accept that as an Asian. It's like it's part of the fuckery. No, we are not special snowflakes. I'm sorry. This is our, you know, that old parable of like the three blind men that are touching the elephant and they can't agree on what it is. Okay, we're all touching the same thing. It's fucking white arrogance, white supremacy. It's that shit. Okay, we all are experiencing different aspects of it. It's kind of crazy because the two of you guys haven't even experienced this personally yet or like <laughs> through an acquaintance, right? Like it's me and Jess who've actually like have heard stories or had some. But why? But I have to. But why? Why do I have to wait until to me? There's a big difference here. There's a big difference between seeing, you know, like all this stuff that you saw, like the Joe Wong and, and so on shared online, like all the vitriol you see kind of in this weird abstract, like online forum conversational space. How is that and fucking abstract? How is that abstract to have hate speech amplified on a social media platform where they're like, we're going to kill Asian people? How is but that I'm abstract? Not, I'm not saying it's not real, man. I'm just saying like, it's a little bit different when you actually, like the reason I don't I was give so a fuck if it's different. I know she went through that. And I'm fucking yeah. pissed off about it. I'm really pissed off that somebody not- fucking attacked Jess. Thank like, you. I don't know what, what this is about. Like, you know, I don't know what this is not a personal thing. Like this, the, 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 these are part. This is a pattern of fuckery that's happening. It's a pattern. And I, I don't understand what it makes a difference as to whether it happened to me personally or not. It happened. And it says something. Now, yeah, if we're going to take the attitude related to all the other shit that I've, you know, experienced personally, personally, I mean, I've experienced shit personally. I'm just saying that when I think we need to take the feeling like if this is done against one of us, against this done against all of us, it's against all of us. And until we have that kind of Asians, all fucking brown people and black people. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's a it's a feeling of solidarity and I think that Yeah, I went to a fucking show and I was just like, 
listen, let's talk about this shit. Uh, and I, I just like went off on racist Americans and then a bunch of, um, you know, black people were like, yeah, it was like the same shit when Ebola happened. It fucking sucked. It's all the same shit. And you know what? There's like white people who are here for it. They're like, yeah, this is, this is dumb. It's gross. And the problem is there's no counter narrative. There's no other Asians going up and being like, fuck all of this. But if there were, you know, people would fucking listen to it. Fair. <laughs> I mean, I love it. Yeah. Oh, you it's know, what, look. Like, what I don't want to see, and, I, and I'm getting worried that I will, right? Some video is going to leak. It's going to be of someone getting. Uh, facing abuse and harassment and then you look carefully and there's going to be another Asian in the background doing nothing. At the very least, I would like to not have to see that. Right? Yeah, I just don't want to deal with that fucking passive attitude anymore. I just uh, honestly, it's like, why, why is this part of the Asian American identity? This passive like feeling of what can you do? What can you do? What's what, what? What's the like? It didn't happen to you. I mean, yeah, but the whole point of solidarity, I think, is to understand that like these are like affronts to notions of like public decency. Like it's a sh there's like there's a commons. There's a concept of the commons, and I think that I would feel as a Torontonian ashamed that my city did something. You know, uh, if this happened in New York, I would feel ashamed. About it. it does happen in New York at the time. I feel ashamed about it as Me a New too. Yorker. You know, you know, like um, you felt ashamed and you felt the need to do something um, when uh, when uh, Song Yang died. Yeah, you have to. You ju you just have to let yourself feel things sometimes, and and I just feel like. When we see, I can understand this and I want to, I mean, look, I understand that I think some of the images that are being shown are so horrifying um, in their implication um, that we would rather not really d get into it. Like we would rather not see it because it is horrifying. I mean, the, the, the imagery of like, you know, like cat content only Amanda, she has a lot of followers on Facebook, Chinese American. I don't know. She um, does what she does. Some pretty bio shit. Holy shit. Dude, the mm -hmm. stuff that she has shared. I don't think she shares it, Philip, to make people feel sorry for her. I think she shares it because she wants people to know what's really happening. And I think if we take the attitude of, ooh, okay, I didn't know that was happening. Sorry. That is not why she shares it. I think it, I, I can't speak for her, but I think that, I think part of it is to be like, look, this is what's going on. Um, when people do stuff like that, and I'm and I'm happy that she did it, um, that we can have the confidence that other Asian Americans are going to give a shit, um, and that it's not just going to be that fucking sad state of affairs where something happens to one of us and all the other Asians just slink away because they're scared, or they think it's not their business. Um, I think this is. I think this whole thing is like coming up to be a, a big test, right? This is, this is the point I'm trying to make when I say, like, it's a little bit different when it starts to happen to you in real life, not to say that it doesn't matter if it's, like, just online or whatever. What I'm saying is that Asians, like, we're, like, us personally, like, our group of people personally are starting to see a spike in uh, 
explicit attacks, sometimes literally physically, on Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. We talk about it a lot yeah. on this pod, right? Like abstractly and about stories online and so on. Like I expect there to be racist online. I don't what do you mean abstractly? You... What do you mean abstractly? What about the but, hammer murders? What about all those homeless people that have been murdered in New York City? Like, how is that abstract? The yeah, only you thing that abstract? you're saying is that you don't consider those people to be like you. Uh, no, if hold you on. don't. Hold uh, on. No, what I'm saying is that this is coming to a head, right? Like, this is, this is spiking, right? And it's, it's actually it's, it's been causing, spiking. Like, yeah, no, I mean, go, go ahead. I mean, I'm just, I just don't know what you abstract, but okay. okay abstract is not the right word. Okay. okay. Like, I mean, like, it's, it's not happening. Like, I'm, and again, I'm not saying just because it's not happening to you personally, it doesn't matter. I'm saying it is happening to a lot of people to, to a point where there's, there is a kind of cohesive, like the, the community is being attacked collectively now, right? It's not one-off things are happening here and there. And so I think that, you know, going back to what I was saying about like a test of solidarity and like the whole, like even seeing like far right Asians, like Kathy Zhu, try to defend Asians. Like I, we haven't really seen that happen in the last few years of, you know, doing this pod and, all the post-Trump stuff, right? Like it's, it, it really feels to me like there is this kind of big, uh, I keep using the term test, but like, uh, 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 you know, to, to, to your point about standing up for ourselves and like giving a shit and having a higher standard, like there's an opportunity to do that. Like there's almost opportunity here, right? And part of, part of getting to that point is maybe like Diana, what you're saying with like, getting listeners to get angry, to fucking yell back at racists, right? To actually like speak up about these things. Uh, I, yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's very, I think it's, it's scary and humiliating and shitty when you raise your voice and other Asians are like, what are you so mad about? Yeah. Okay. And we can't, when, when this is, this is, this is the problem with anger now. And I stopped giving a shit because I don't care about just Asians anymore. I'm like, there's bigger things at stake. Our problems, in my opinion, are part of a larger nexus of problems. And we share in that. We have equity stake in this bigger struggle. Well, that's true. The coronavirus is not, it's not in any way any kind of test, right? It's just a one-off flip that largely affects... No, I don't care about coronavirus. Like I said, this is, coronavirus is about... It's just another way of... Full of shit. Okay. And I don't care about coronavirus because it, it's coronavirus is going to be gone. And okay. Just like SARS was or H1N1 or whatever. It's just like, it's, it's just like the waveforms going by on this on Wecaster. It's, it's, you see it now. And then in a couple, in a few moments, it'll be gone. And it'll be the next thing. Okay. What matters is the pattern. It's the pattern. And what I'm saying is we got to stop thinking about individual instances. We got to stop thinking about these, this individualized time atomized segregated instances of of victimization and start to be like wait this is part of a pattern and it's part of a pattern that just gets get bigger and bigger when you start connecting it and you realize the mainstream of america like the mainstream of canada of north america or whatever like it's the whole fucking thing the whole western world like our struggle is part of that it's part of that it, it like we are experiencing that directly and so that means i think as Asian Americans, we have equity stake in this struggle. And I don't see enough Asian people politically activated getting out there and normalizing anger, frustration, <laughs> outrage, and also a sense of solidarity with other people. We want to hide in our little spider holes 
and feel safe and not, you know, take the risk of being the person, the angriest person in the room. And I'm tired of it. I'm fucking tired of it. And I think a lot of Asians are tired of it. They just need to see it. They just need to see that if they get angry, that other Asians are going to follow suit, you know? So I am tired of, and I'm just, I'm, I'm intolerant of the, of this, of this need to quell anger and to put it into perspective and to maybe even manage it. Like, how do I get through this or whatever? No, I, I, I think it's time for more, just, just fuck it. Just maybe, fuck it. Maybe coronavirus. Like, we got to go all in. I mean, it's a perfectly we good, it. perfectly good opportunity to, to demonstrate that anger. What better time than now to do that? I agree. Channel it productively. It's, I mean, there's so much need for it, right? I mean, yeah. there's so many movements going on. There's so, I mean, just like just basic electoral politics. There's so much need going on. I mean, there's just so much shit going on. Just there's, like getting involved is not the problem. The problem is the Asian Americans uh, and Can- I, I don't want to speak for Asian Canadians because uh, that's not my thing. But Asian Americans, by and large, I think have been the youth have been getting activated, whereas people my age are still sitting on their asses. And that's it's a true spectrum. Of every demographic. Yeah, and it's pathetic because you know we can't just rely on the young people. Like, you know, like we've well, older people have more resources. And more, yeah, they do. You know, yeah. po- probably more a power. More bought in, but also a little bit more inertia, in that case, and that's the trade-off. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's this it's whole sentiment of you know, oh well, we can't rock the boat. Well, it should be pretty clear by now. This boat is already rocking. That's right. All we're doing is contributing against in a way mm-hmm. by, by sitting back. I mean, we are part of, I mean, this goes to, like Diana, I think this come up in a couple times in the podcast that we've done that like, you know, power doesn't need you to help it. It just needs you to be cool with everything. Exactly. So if you don't get angry, if you don't help others rock the boat, you're just helping to stabilize the whole thing. You're just trying, you're just keeping the status quo. And like, you can't choose to be inactive anymore. You're either, you know, like you, you have to pick a side. That's my point. You have to pick a side. Like, like you can't be neutral. It, not, not like, I'm not saying like that as a normative thing. I'm saying it's impossible to be neutral because if you quote are neutral, you're just protecting power. You're protecting the status quo. And so what are you angry at? Like, what are you suffering? Well, you're just suffering personally because you're not angry at anything. You're just, you're just angry at your own little experience. You know, and that's that's killer. I mean, I think that's really hard on people uh, in dealing with it. And I think building out solidarity based on anger and outrage and stuff like that is a way to feel better, (laughs) honestly, you know, to feel better about stuff and to not internalize all this shit. I mean, literally hate images of Chinese people being killed, just thrown around on the Internet like it's nothing. And it's traumatizing for people. It sucks. And this is, it's not just us that is getting this shit. You know, I mean, this is our swastika. This is our, our noose, you know, burning cross. That's, that's, that's our experience of it. And that's kind of of telling is if you were to report those, you know, folks on Twitter or whatever for posting that hate shit against Chinese people, none of those accounts get banned. They get, no, that's not true. They get banned. And you know, if Twitter and Jack Dorsey don't give a fuck, they do get banned. And if they don't give a fuck, 
don't care because that's that my my solidarity with the notion that there is something hateful and disgusting going on in this country is not contingent on whether Jack Dorsey is going to ban Twitter accounts. It, that, like he has nothing to do with it. Twitter has nothing to do with it. Like I choose to feel solidarity with that. You know. Yeah, if they didn't ban accounts, that would just enrage me more. You know, that and would, I think that would give me more fired up to fucking like yeah i don't know do something well well well, and i think that also that one of the sadly one of the reasons why or explicit hateful racism against asians gets a pass honestly is because they're following in our footsteps because we give it a fucking pass like andrew yang did like all the yang gang does okay so you know I mean, I've had it with those fuckers too, with the Yang Gang and their bullshit. Like I'm done. Like fuck them. You know, like if you're not if you're not willing to stand up for yourself, like if you're like, oh well, it's harmless racism. Fuck you. You know why? Because in my opinion, in my mind, we are responsible for more than just our personal feelings. So so fuck you. I don't I don't have a problem saying fuck you to them because they're on the wrong side of it. So yeah, look you how know? hard they went after Kimmy Yam. For that one article that like fucking broke her, you know, like nobody has attacked her as viciously um, as the, the fucking Yang Gang. Yang Gang. They, they fucking. The Yang yeah. Gang? yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've just fucking had it with them and I've had it with Andrew Yang and Joe Wong. Uh, you know, I'd love to talk to him again about this because. I feel for Joe. I know it's very confusing as to how Asians play the race game. Um, but he's I, in a you tough know, spot. He's in a you tough know, spot. As a but, first gen culture content creator, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, high pressure, high stakes now. I mean, step up. Like, just yeah, you well, step I mean, up. We should, we should invite him on again if you want. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, I'm sorry for... Uh, no, it was a good hogging. discussion. I'm sorry for hogging the thing. I just... I, I worked up. Yeah, rightfully <laughs> so. Um. Dear listeners, you are now experiencing what a typical Plan A staff conference call sounds like. Uh, <laughs> we are fired up. We're a fired up group of people. Um, look, I, I want to say something about that. I think that, um, you know, some people have... Uh, I'm not trying to toot our own horn here, but I, I do think some people have told us that we do bring a certain amount of uh, life to the conversation or we seem to be able to talk about things in a way that other Asian Americans feel they can't. And it's not just because, you know, we are just gifted at it or we're not. We're just regular people. The reason is because we get really heated uh when we talk to each other uh like we kind of like this pod i mean we don't hold back with each other uh and i want to see more of that in the discourse i want to see more realness and i want to see people in their own lives asian americans not hold back and not be afraid of conflict and not be afraid of getting fired up it feels good it sorts things out it's not always good to so always keep it cool, you know? And I think we're so obsessed with trying to be cool and fuck you. You're not cool anyway. So <laughs> like, you know, just let it, let it loose. Uh, and I think that's why, 
um, we've been able to have conversations uh, among ourselves that for me feel a lot more real than a lot of the conversations, frankly, that I'm hearing other Asian Americans have. I think part of the reason we did this pod is because I'm not hearing shit that really fires me up. I'm not saying no one's done it, but I, it, there's not enough for me uh, to feel good about it. Um, and so I want, I hope everyone out there that's also creating content or whatever um, to step up their game and stop playing it so cool. Stop playing so controlled and stop pretending like you got it all. You got this. You got the, you ain't got this. None of you got this. Nobody's got it. Um, so, so deal with it. Like, you know, stop trying to stop trying to act like you're cool. You're not, you, no one's got, no one ain't got shit. You know, um, no one's got answers. You don't have answers. We don't have answers. The only difference is that, um, we don't hold back when we talk to each other. Um, you know, so step up your game. All right. Yep. That's it. <laughs> That's basically it. Yep. Okay. All right. And that was another episode of Epis- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Escape from Plan A. Make right. sure to rate us on iTunes, Spotify, all the apps. <laughs>